Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Well, this is one of my favorite places to do a podcast. We're up here in Arnold at Mother's Peninsula Bar and Grill. Uh, you can hear the music in the background, which gives obviously a little bit of ambiance. But today we're here with Roman Hartgrave, who I had a... Um, first time I'm meeting you, but I we stumbled upon each other, I guess it was, back in the fall when you ran a for lack of a better word, a shark tank at Anne Arundel Community College. Wasn't that right? Yeah, it was called the Children's Business Fair. Uh, we ended up being actually in, in Arnold, but not the community college. We were down the road at Gloria Day Church down there on College Parkway. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Was, it, was it supposed to be at the college? No, it wasn't. Um, I don't think so. I definitely was looking around. I was just trying to find a big parking lot for it, you know, for a while. And so I ended up knowing some of the folks at Gloria Day and they were really supportive and they said, yeah, you can use our parking lot. We're not doing that on that Saturday. So that's how we ended up there. I, I think I do remember that i think i screwed that up so so uh, what what was where did, where did the genesis of this this come from yeah yeah so it, it wasn't my idea this is a thing uh, so children's business fair has been around uh i want to say for like a decade now and there's like there's here tons, in the area uh there's been some there's one in dc there's one up in baltimore there's one in Bowie. so there's been some kind of nearby there haven't been any in annapolis arnold Severna park area um so i sort of learned about it through the school model that I was learning about uh, and it just seemed like a really great opportunity for kids it's been, you know, the, the idea is basically take a kid's lemonade stand idea and say you can do whatever you want to do uh, sell whatever you want to sell um, we're going to put a place together we're going to bring people there and you can try to sell stuff and so it gives kids a chance to kind of flex their entrepreneurial muscles and say I think people would want this or would want that so well I, I love things that can get kids thinking yeah um, above and beyond I mean I sit on a board of the uh, signature board at Annapolis High and it's great to sit there and see them starting you know to think and, and where it is beyond just the typical I mean when I was growing up it was like okay you go to school then you go to college then you get a job and you work there for 50 years and you get a watch and that's your life um, very simplistic but it's not it's not that anymore and you know we've learned how kids learn differently and everything else and 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 i think it's just we're in a much better place as far as education goes but stemming and i don't know whether it's stemming from or in addition to or whatever but you established the in the maryland curiosity lab which is at marylandcuriositylab.org and is that was that the parent company of the business fair it was the kind of the main sponsor host of the business fair um and generally the maryland curiosity lab is all about giving kids kind of hands-on opportunities to to learn by doing and so the business fair was when i was looking at sort of programs i wanted to try to do it was n number one for me i was like this is a it was an established program i love the model that they had for it and the fact that like really give give kids a chance to succeed or fail i mean what you know it's one of the things i really liked about it was the rules of the business fair is like hey mom and dad 
you're not allowed to jump in here that's and, awesome and, and fix it for them because you know that's what happens a lot is that kids you know they struggle and the mom or dad jumps in and they don't really you know they get starved of that sort of learning opportunity to say okay like like for, for example my oldest son he's gonna hate that I'm telling this story but um, he decided to sort of wait till the last night to do any kind of planning right so my other two kids sort of plan their businesses more my oldest son was like yeah yeah I got it and he's then like, yeah, the death night's not so midnight dude yeah exactly. it's tomorrow morning dad <laughs> Uh, and then he got there and he saw like other people's booths were a lot better they had better decorations right and it's, it's one of those things it's like hey like that's a great lesson for you it's like you don't put the prep in like that's the outcome right you didn't put the prep in so your booth didn't look as good right and I didn't come in and save it for you or mom didn't come in and save it for you so that was one of the things I was looking for is a chance for kids to really try to do something on their own and really do it themselves um, and then you know for this one it was very practical skills it, they, trying to think of a business idea this is what I think people would like and then actually trying to sell it to people actually have people come and kids have to talk to them and say this is my product this is what I think it is this is how much it costs you know I mean those are really great experiences for a kid and, and I mean and that again is what Maryland Curiosity Lab does it fosters this type of I don't say it's not necessarily all entrepreneurial no it's not yeah it's that type of thinking it's definitely all like you know exposing kids to new things uh, and, and allowing them to explore new things that they're, yet they're not aware of you know so the kid the, the typical kid can only in terms of entrepreneurial type of activities it's like the lemonade stand that's that's sort of the end for most kids it's like okay I can go make a lemonade stand maybe I run a lawn business or something but generally you know kind of having a chance to just try something for a day you know most most kids don't get a chance to do that. Right. And what age group does that apply to? So the business fair was uh, ages 6 through 14. Um, in terms of that sort of the range of the rules, um, and we actually did have that full range show up. So we had a kid as young as 6, we had a kid from Arnold who was selling these like such cute little cookie kits. He made these little kits that you can make sort of themed cookies. And then we had all the way up to 14 year olds who were doing, selling you know much more advanced stuff, jewelry, uh, coffee bombs, that sort of thing. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether now, I don't know whether it's a kissing cousin or a totally separate thing, but I know when I was on MarylandCuriosityLab.org, I saw you've got the Acton Academy, which yeah. really sort of piqued my interest. Um, appropriately enough, I got curious. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I mean, you are looking to establish a new school. And initially, as I was looking through, I'm like going, okay, so is this like an online thing or something like this? And, and as I got into it, I realized that, no, you're looking at, you know, moving dirt and, and building bricks and, and establishing a new school here. That's right. That's Tell right. me about the Acton Academy and where, and I, I see that you're going to be hopefully taking people in the fall of 23, which is nine months from now. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't look like you're stressing out quite so much yet, but it's, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm drinking the beer. Is that, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it is related to the, the to, to the children's business fair. Actually, the, the the same people who founded the Acton Academy, the first one in Austin, Texas, also created the children's business fair. And actually, the children's business fair becomes a project of the school. So the the, the actual school has this idea of these six week long hands on quests that you do. And so they're all different themes. Some are art, some are sort of STEM. One of them is an entrepreneurial one where you come up with a business idea.
idea. In school, you're, so you're working on it for six weeks, and the final exhibition, the final project is show up at the business fair and sell it and see how you did. Um, and so it, it's definitely linked in with that. Um, in terms of the acting academy sort of, you know, writ large, I'm not planning to, to move dirt yet in terms of, so, so we start very small. So you start with like a, a core group of what we call founding families. Um, we were talking 10 to 15 students when you start because you're really trying to get the yeah. culture right. Uh, and then you grow from there. And so, you know, maybe in a few years we'll be talking about actually sort of building a, a space. But right now we're looking at renting a space that we can sort of get started in. What is the type of schools? I mean, it's obviously it's not public school because we have plenty of them and they do a wonderful job here. Uh, it's not Severn and any of the private schools like that. I mean, it, I mean, I, it is, I guess, to a degree. Is this more like on the Montessori type of a of a approach concept? Yeah. yeah. So it is. It is very. It's got a lot of the same principles as Montessori. And actually, at the, at the very youngest ages, it is Montessori. So it's really identical to Montessori at the very young ages. But as the as the kids get older, there are other elements added to it. But all with the same sort of principles of Montessori, which is really about you know giving the the students space to explore their interests and kind of get deep into something that's really you know if, if you go into a good Montessori classroom kids will be really focused concentrating on something they're working on and the teachers are taught you don't interrupt them right that like they're they're into it like let them keep going so it's that same idea in, in terms of the acting model just acting adds other things on top of it and acting goes all the way through high school so you can actually go all the way from sort of very young ages all the way through that through is that, that is that your plan to eventually take this from your 15 groups of founding families to or you know to fully through high school that's right so 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 typically what Acton's doing so so you know Acton Academy is a network of schools so there's, a, there's over 200 of them worldwide um, it's not a franchise in the sense there's no like central headquarters that's saying do it this way every Acton is founded by families that are local to the area um, there are a common set of principles that they, they follow um, but in terms of the actual each Acton is very different some of them are religious some are non-religious some are stem focused or arts focused um, but the plan is is that you you start at the youngest age and then as the kids age you grow the schools with them interesting because I mean okay so it it can be totally different I mean I uh, we'll throw key school and, and Severn school under the bus key school is very artsy fartsy and Severn school is very analytical yes both private schools both very good schools yeah but they're totally different now in the Acton model you could have Acton school sort of mimicking them. One could be very artsy focused and the other one could be very analytical. That, that's true, but I think at, at the core, um, there's a big difference between the Acton approach and what I would call a traditional school approach. Um, and it's, it's hard, it's always hard to describe these things because like, you know, you know, within schooling and education, you get all these like, there's all this jargon and it's really hard for parents to sort of understand what it means. So like the jargon that you hear with Acton is learner driven, right? But that sounds a lot like student centered or other things and so parents are like okay what does that exactly mean um, I think the easiest way to think about what it means is to compare it to what we know which is sort of traditional school what most of us went through and so that model I call teacher-led it's really the teachers directing the student at sure. all times right so the, the, the students listening they're taking the assignments from the teacher they're doing what they're what they're told to do so I would say whether it's a public school or a private school most of them most of them do a traditional model now the private schools often do it better like you know they have may, maybe higher paid teachers you know a, a better ratio of students to teachers 
features. Sometimes they have extra programs around around the traditional model. Um, obviously, better facilities often, like you know, nice athletic sure. fields and things like that. But the Acton approach, this like learner-driven approach, is really different in that. What, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the students to take ownership of their own education and, you're, and, and there's no time during the day when a student listens to a teacher tell them what to do in an active model. They have a lot, more, uh, a lot more control but also a lot more responsibility about what they're doing. So I, I don't know if it's worthwhile to kind of walk you through like a, a sample day at Acton, but it's sort of, that's what kind of made it obvious to me what it, what it meant to be learner driven. So it sounds to me like, and obviously with Acton Academy not being here physically yet, um, it sounds to me like the kids are more, they've, they've got ownership of, of their school and their education. And I imagine there's probably some study out there on the amount of days where they get to like, oh man, I don't want to go to school. It's probably a little bit less yeah. than you would find at a traditional. And, and I, mean, I get there's you know it's the num sheer numbers in Anne Arundel County. You're dealing with 88,000 students. I mean, you you have to teach down to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a top down type of an education. Right. Um, and certainly, and you look at any of private schools that they have the ability to you know lower class sizes, the whole nine yards right. to be able to do that but this is really kind of a unique concept that it's going to be student driven yes um do you know as as the founder of the school and i'm presuming that you know once this opens would your children be in yes there? yeah that's actually one of the requirements of opening act in is that they want parents to do it and they want parents who are putting their own their own kids in it like they really want you to have skin in the game of saying i believe in this so much that i'm willing to start it and i'm willing to put my own kids into it and so every act in is so, run by so do you know what type of of a school acting is going to be 10 years from now so it, you you don't I mean I mean that's one of the great things about it is that you're 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 treating it like a kind of like a startup would in that you're 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 evolving it based on what works what what the parents are reacting to what the students are, are reacting to but but you do know the the cores are the core principles are not going to change you know like really what you're trying to do is is you're trying to get um, I mean, so like, you know, a, a typical day at Acton is the kids have choice about what they're doing. Now, th now there's, there, there's high expectations, so they can't just not do anything, but they, but they have choice. They say, hey, you know, today I'm gonna focus on my math. I set some goals on math. I'm gonna focus on, on meeting those goals. Or they might say, you know what? I don't wanna do math today. I don't feel like math today. I'm, I'm just gonna read my book. I'm really into this book. And, and I'm, that's gonna, fine. I, I'm gonna hit my math goals later in the week, but they have to hit their goals. So they set goals and they have to hit them. If they hit them, they get more freedom and more responsibility. And they say, okay, you did a great job this week, John. You know, you had all your goals there, so now you can go and, and study outside if you want. Or you can you can eat lunch whenever you want. Right. And so there's sort of there's this idea of giving them ownership of not just their own education, but of what we call the studio, of saying, you know, you can govern like what what are the rules of the studio? How are you guys maintaining the studio? How are you cleaning it? You you're trying to I mean it doesn't start like that day one, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to, to build this ownership over time to where the the, the adult in the room is stepping further and further back and saying you guys got this you, you guys own it this is Figure your life out. your journey you know where was that when I was growing up I know I'm right <laughs> when I saw it actually one of the actions in uh I think it's in Ohio says I think their tagline is something like the school you wish you went to and I was like that's exactly that's the school I wish I went to I'm assuming that there are 
the accreditations and everything else like that that, that go along yeah, with that. Yeah. I mean, that's just sort of a yeah. a, a given. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure you're probably going to uh, you know join different associations that you know yes. do their networks and stuff like that. But I yeah. mean, a you know a, a diploma from Acton Academy. We're looking forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. now at this point, uh, is going to be just as valid as a diploma at at Severn or at, that's right. You know, you know whatever. That's right. Yeah. Um, what's your background? I mean, are you a teacher? No. So, and, and if you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be trying to start a school, I would have been like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so my background was in tech. Uh, and, and, and I was very much in, uh, so I worked for MapQuest long ago. If you remember old MapQuest, uh, yeah, I was yeah. there uh, a couple decades ago. Um, and um, I printed I, out one of those to get here today. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, there's not many people that do that anymore. Um, but I was very into startups. Um, and so that's where I was working on a lot of startups of different types at the time. And I got onto an online education startup. And that was sort of my first taste into education. I had never thought about education as what we're doing. I mean, it just sort of was, I was just like, a, it's a given. I mean, school is what it is. I was a good student. I didn't really like it, but I got through it and it's done. And I, that was kind of the last I thought of it. But then go get into online education education, which was about 11 years ago, I started working on online education, started going to education conferences and sort of get into this world. And at the same time, my own kids were just entering into public schools. So I have three kids and they're going in. And what I saw like going to these conferences was like just a lot of frustration from, from teachers or educators about the system's not working, like we need to change it and that sort of thing. Um, but then I would, I, I, I had a chance to visit some alternative school models. So I would go, I, I visited this startup school out in California that's now shut down called Alt School. Uh, there's this very interesting place called um, uh, uh, Workspace Education up in Connecticut I visited. And these visits really shocked me because I would meet students uh, that were like middle school, high school age students. And they would just be so different than any middle school or high school student I'd ever met in my own journey. And it was just like, they're really excited about whatever there is they're doing. And you're like, wow, so kids kids don't have to be sort of checked out of school or sort of like, eh, school, you know, it's annoying. Right. Um, and so that, that, that process got me started to explore, like, what are these other models? And you, you realize that the model we have is, doesn't have to be that way. There are a lot of other approaches to education. Uh, and so that's how I got going on this journey of like, well, what is the right model for school? And I, I read about every model you can imagine. And that's sort of how I found Acton Academy uh, along that way. Interesting. Yeah. Now, as far as as far as staffing and I mean, you're coming from a tech background. OK, so is there going to be a yeah. online version? I mean, is that option? I mean, I, obviously no. it's looking to be an in-person type. Yeah, of it's in-person. Yeah. So there's no online version of it at all. We, we think that the actual kids being together in you know, in that studio and taking ownership of it and dealing with the relationships of dealing with is really important. So there is no online Acton Academy model. Um, there is a lot of tech used. Um, so you know, so one of the big things that we do is um, sort of the kind of the core skills, which I would say is reading, writing, math. The kids are using a lot of technology for that. And, and, and the reason we do that is so we can personalize it to their level, right? So like a traditional classroom, you have 30 kids in the class, you know, 10 kids are probably going faster than whatever the pace is in class and they're bored. 10 kids are sort of on pace and 10 kids are behind and frustrated or they feel like they're stupid or what have you because they're, they're not following. Um, it, it, a personalized model, what it allows you to do is allows the kids who are going faster to move faster, it allows the kids who need more practice to get more practice. And so technology is a big component that allows you to 
do that because you basically have a personalized tutor for each each child that they're working. Which it really is. I mean, you know, we had no none of that. You know, right. you probably had some of it. I didn't have any any growing up. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean it was the, the calculator. I think was just right. coming yeah. out when I was going yeah. through, and, and they were promoting it. The, uh, yeah, that's right. Know, there's no way you could bring them into. Uh, <laughs> right, it's a test. I remember that the graphing calculator was the the way kids could uh, cheat on tests. When that's right. Now, <laughs> now they're like, uh, yeah, bring it in. We know we we assume that you know how to do the math, so right. you can use it to figure yeah. out the problem. Um, well, I, you know, so how do we keep up to date on this? I mean, for people that families that are interested, in, okay, you're not looking for a thousand families, right? Uh, yet, right? Um, I mean, how do we find out? How do we keep up to date on what's going on? I mean, the fall of '23 is coming around pretty soon. Yeah. So, so the best way is to go to to to, to go to my website, MarylandCuriosityLab.org, and sign up for for email updates. So, and I that's up, all spelled out, right? It's yeah. MarylandCuriosityLab.org. Yep. Um, and so if you get updates there, then you'll you'll get all my updates. Um, I'm also running programs this year, so so there are so so we're kind of testing out some pieces of what we're going to use next year. This year, the, the business fair was one part of that, um, but we've done some things called adventure trips, where it's like whenever Anne Arundel County is, is out of school, uh, but it's a work day for parents, we do some sort of fun adventure trip. So we did uh, we did a great one just recently with John Fishback, who does uh, Fishback is great man. Do you know John? Oh, I know John forever. Uh, he he's to, amazing. I, I used to run uh, Cub Scout. Um, Cub Scout packs with him, and oh. he used to come in, and we used to build the drums with the deer skins, and so you'd, oh, you'd, yeah. you would get the deer, dead deer off of the road, and yep. skin them and everything. Else. We used to tick off the school because the gym would smell like <laughs> dead deer guts the ne- for the next week. <laughs> right, but. Oh, he's fantastic! Just he's a fantastic natura- naturist. I mean, my kids have done several birthday parties with him. My, yeah, I, I, actually, the reason he was on my radar, my oldest went to his summer camp a couple years and just loved it. Well, I'll tell you, it's probably right there on that point on the Severn River, yep. way up there at the headwaters. Yep. I used to keep my boat way up at uh, Indian Landing Marina, and I remember one time just coming down. You real shallow water, and then you get into some deep water. You you, yep. you give it some gas, and you come around the corner. And next thing you know, there's John and a whole bunch of people in like their their camouflage suits chest deep in the water doing some damn survival thing I'm like right. going dude man I'm going to kill you <laughs> I know exactly because we actually hiked that same spot with him um, so yeah I know exactly what you're talking about yeah so we did one of those like we did an outdoor survival skills day uh, and the kids got the kids got to build blow darts and make bone knives and start fires and cook deer over the fire so it's just like that sort of stuff and the kids love it you know the kids like there's a no phone rule so it's like no smartphones guys like we're just going to go out there and have have fun and it's what's amazing is the kids i i knew the parents would like that the kids actually like it a lot i had kids come up to me and say it's great when nobody has their phone because like it ends up being that if you know if one kid's on their phone other kids get their phone out or we all kind of look over their shoulder and so when there's no phones they just it's sort of like they get to be kids like we were kids i think a little bit of that is that everybody we've got it's going to sound wrong, but I think we've got an anti-social generation. I know my daughter was like, okay, I'm going out tonight. I've ordered a pizza for you. $20 on the table. Uh, I don't need any change. Yeah. Well, why are you leaving? Because I'm going out. Yeah. Well, what do I do when the pizza guy comes? Open the door, say hello, and give him the $20. He'll give you pizza. This is how it works. Yeah. Can't you just wait until he's gone, until he's here? And I'm like, no. And you know, you're going to need to learn how to do this. And I think that phones tend to be a crutch they are, for people. Yeah. I mean, hey, I've got this. Okay, you know, I, yeah. I'm not sure what my next question is going to be and discussion topic with you. So I'm going to play uh, Words with Friends. Right. And, and then you get involved with the whole thing there as opposed to when you don't have them. Okay, now it's... 
What do I yeah. have to do? I gotta say something to Roman here. Yeah. You're sitting here looking at me like That's I'm right. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. And, and I actually have a buddy who teaches at high school at, at Bronick High School, and he said the exact same thing. He says he says the kids are really use it as a crutch. Are the kids who are a little bit awkward who actually need that experience of uh, social interaction, and they end up being people. He says he'll see them. They'll be sitting in class. Other kids will come in and they'll pull their phone out so they don't have to engage. You know, and yeah. and, and so they, yeah. they can just sort of. I think it can just be something that's silly and they don't get it. It's like that. Hey, how you doing? Nah. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're done. Right. No, but it's uh, yeah. it's it's interesting. So you do this stuff when the schools are out, which is fantastic for parents. Yes. Um, and you know the kids don't really the younger ones anyhow don't realize they're learning anything. I guess. Oh, they don't think it. Yeah, they think it's just like a fun trip, you know. And so uh, I mean they they get upset because I don't do more of them, but they're but they're sort of hard to to organize and everything. So I I, I don't do them every every school day off, but I try to hit right kind of every one every other one. But um, yeah, you might go out of business by trying to plan off. And I'm always trying to find places that we can go to that are like really interesting that the kids haven't been to before. You know, so like John's was great because I knew most kids had not done outdoor survival stuff. And even if you're into it or not, it's still interesting, right? The first time you get, you're like, oh, wow. I mean, like he, like cooking deer over a fire yeah. is new for most kids. They've never done that. I've never new, done new, it. New, new right? for most people, period. Yeah, and so, um, so I'm always trying to find these sort of places where I can take them to that are really different and expose them. You know, the, the, the hope is that they go on a trip and at least a few kids get a spark of interest and they're saying, you know, I'm actually really into that. I would like to do more of it. You know, like, I, can, can I go to John's camp? And actually a bunch of kids did that. They're like, I want to go to John's summer camp now. I'm like, that's great. That's what I want. I want a couple kids to hopefully find a hobby or a passion or whatever, you know, for their life. Right. Well, if you, if you want a, uh, a suggestion, the Annapolis Maritime Museum. They're on my list, actually. And the, yeah. uh, the Skipjack Wilma Lee is really kind of fantastic. It's got a great a bunch of history. It's a lot of fun. They can help sail it and stuff like that that'd be great and, and i learned something pretty cool about that do you know that there is no set length for a skipjack no i didn't know that. it all is proportional and it depends on how tall the tree is that you cut down for the mast really and i can't remember exactly what it is but i mean if you cut down a tree and you trim it out and make the mask and it's 40 feet long yeah then from that dimension you can tell what the birth is going to be what the deck length is going to be and that's what you build your ship around or your boat around that mast which was so you turn around you can see a short little stubby skipjack versus a big long yeah new you know but it's uh that'd be a good good choice for you to take a look at yeah and see actually i think i think boating is a great learning opportunity like there's actually a program called semester at sea um that's for high school high schoolers and where the where the whole the whole semester they're at sea um and they're learning all different sorts of things but like there's so much math and other things you can learn through navigation and, and you know reading compasses and dealing with all that stuff and just like responsibility you know if you're running a boat you got to be careful right like it's not you know so like the kids can really get into a position where they can fail but then you know overcome it type of thing right that's yes. fantastic What's uh, look forward in 10 years from now, 10, 15 years from now? I mean, how, how large do we picture Action Academy being? I mean, you said it starts very small. It doesn't sound like it's going to be this 88,000 students. In no, yeah, that's a great question. Some of the other Actons, I say, have grown to the size where you would just be like, oh, that's just a normal private school. So there's no, there's no kind of cap on it um, in terms of like what I hope to get out of it is um, obviously the, the more kids I can help have a great education the better I would love that but to me what I'm trying to build is a place like you know the, the, the actual name Maryland Curiosity Lab came from this idea of like 
what would it be like if you were if you went to a place where like your curiosity was peaked all the time you know we like we've all sort of had this feeling when we're learning something where it doesn't feel like work where it's just like you're obsessed with learning something right and right. it's usually always sort of like by luck you run into somebody who shows you something or you read a book or a, see a movie or something um, but it's always like by chance right you, it doesn't seem to happen that often and that, those things are often change your life when you run into them and become a hobby or passion or a career or whatever and um, you know my hope is like there's no reason why it has to happen so rarely like there's uh, the, the world is very interesting to explore it's just a matter of like putting it in front of kids so they can explore and so my hope is that like I can live up to the name right where like you go there and you're like mom my gosh I learned this thing or this thing it's, like, it's almost like guaranteed every kid who shows up is going to be super excited about learning something like whatever that something is like, and again those conversations at dinner aren't going to be so what did you learn at school today? nothing nothing <laughs> nothing we have a rule now we're like no, you have to say one thing I don't care what <laughs> right 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 right. you can't just say <laughs> there's, uh, there's new graffiti in the bathroom but, you know it's okay fine it's a little bit but um <laughs> That, that's fantastic because there really is, as you go through life, I mean, you know, there's that old adage that, you know, if, if you have a job that you love, you'll never have, have a crappy day in, right. you know, a work tech. And I found in, in the different aspects of my life and the different positions in my life that when you really are engaged in learning about what it is and you enjoy what you're doing, I mean, and it's a snowball effect there. Success follows. Yeah. It, it really, I mean, you're going to have, you know, stumbling blocks and everything else, and you're going to struggle. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, not without struggles or something like that. But you, you find that you you want to learn something, and, and that, that drives you. I mean, whether it's solving a problem, figuring out, okay, how, why is this doing this? And, right. And maybe you become obsessive over it, but it, again, right. it's something that enthuses you. It's like, yeah, no, 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 Dad, we're not going to dinner. No, I yeah. need, to, I need to figure this out. Right. Um, which is, which is amazing when you see that level of commitment come through a kid. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And that was my own experience. I wasn't really interested in learning through school at all. It wasn't until sort of I got out of school for a while, and then I just kind of got lucky and discovered a few things. And all of a sudden, it was like, this doesn't feel like work at all. I mean, sometimes it's hard. You know, learning's not always easy, but it was like something you really wanted to do. And you're like, man, I'm really, I'm now that I know I don't know something, I'm really curious to figure it out. Right. You know? And yeah, I mean, I, I think those, those opportunities are out there to be had for kids. You know, it's just a matter of like, how do you sort of expose them to stuff? And so the, the business fair, the venture trips, those are all sort of in that same idea of like, you know, you know, can I expose a kid to some experience that all of a sudden is like life changing for them? And they say, wow, I love being an entrepreneur. That's what I want to go do. I, I actually had a, a couple kids at the business fair that, you know, like they, they were just lit up. I mean, I, and you know, I actually knew these kids. They live in my neighborhood. And it was just amazing to see them sort of take ownership and be like, I'm super into this thing. And, you know, it's like, wow, like, maybe that's going to be your job in the future. I don't know. But, like, it's cool that you're super excited about it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. How, as you're, as you're going to start with renting a building yeah. or renting a space or yeah. stuff like that, I mean, how, now, you know, physical education. I mean, it seems very much academic that we've been discussing yeah. stuff like that. Physical education and movement and stuff like that is also part of the thing. And, I mean, I've probably got some arts and, right. you know, which obviously yes. you can handle inside of a building. But how do you, how do you plan to handle physical education? That's 
that's a great question. And actually, probably, you know, I sort of mentioned early on that, that each act and sort of has a different focus, and some of them focus on religious, some of them or whatever. Um, my focus is actually going to be outdoors. Because um, I, I, I might even go so far as saying, like, one day a week's going to be outside. Because um, I, I actually think outdoor education is, is can be really transformative for kids. Um, particularly, like, you know, I have two sons. And so I see their struggle of taking a young boy and trying to get them to sit still for as long as they have to sit still in class, you know? And you get them outside and it's a different ball game. For one, they, they, they can then come back and do stuff academically and do much better, but there's there's just a lot of benefits for being outdoors. And so, um, actually John and I are talking, John Fishback and I are talking about how can we like build a program where we'd have a, a big outdoor component. Uh, so that, now that won't be necessarily sports. I mean, some of it might be sports. Right. Some of it might be like, hey, we're gonna go hop in the van and we're gonna go hiking or we're gonna do whatever uh, type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I think, I think we'll be outdoors a lot more than our traditional school will be. You ought to be like the sleeper lacrosse school. Yeah. Nobody ever heard of like, Act, Act, Acton Academy. Next thing you know, they're coming and taking the, uh, yeah. <laughs> taking the thing. It'd be kind of funny, but you know, and, and again, that's, you know, your, your physical education is not necessarily sports, not organized sports right. either. And I mean, you know, we've got a, we live in an area where we're uh, so rich with the environment, with the Chesapeake Bay, with the Severn River, all the tributaries we've got, right. you know, the parks we have in the county are great. Um, to be able to do it. And I love the idea of, okay, it's, um, we're getting out for a day. Yeah. And, and, and you know, one of the beauties of starting small too, is that literally I'm going to buy a big van, like one of those big passenger vans. I can take the kids anywhere like in that thing. I, it doesn't have to be like a big plan. So they're like, Hey, we want to go paddle boarding one day. Let's go. Like, let's go paddle boarding. Right. Like let's go kayaking, like whatever. Right. Like it's not, it's not that the overhead of doing an outdoor adventure is not very high. My, my high school had a, a tradition of, it was called the school walk. Yeah. And it was a 12 or 13 mile walk through the woods. And they, you know, they, it was a boarding school and they had the uh, cafeteria staff prepare a, a cookout lunch down by the, the Creek and stuff like that. Yeah. But we never, we knew it happened in the fall, but we never knew what it was. And it was just when, Whenever the head of the school woke up and either did or didn't have a bug up his butt, really, would say, "Yeah, it's today." And uh, That's great. And then be like, "Hey, hey guys, let's go, let's go. No books, no school. Yeah, it's a school walk. Yeah." And you know, we get in our groups and we would just you know walk with our friends and it was it was just a great yeah respite from you know the nine to five if you will of, yeah. of just you know reading writing and arithmetic i mean i learned on i learned on rote as opposed to yeah uh you know student-led learning but yeah it, it was it was wonderful to get out and re reconnect with nature and I, I mean my my girlfriend and i love to get out and hike we did the first hike in on january 1st up in gunpowder i guess it was oh, nice. or, so um very neat MarylandCuriosityLab.org is where you want to go, and that's all spelled out. Uh, Roman Hardgrave has a great concept coming up. Um, I think uh, I'm excited to see what happens, where you end up uh, opening up that first location. And uh, I imagine there will be a second location at some point as you grow, and then maybe a third, and then we'll see some gold shovels going into the ground someplace <laughs> at, at some point <laughs> as you move on. Um, is there anything else that we need to know about? Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. Um, 
Um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, John. Well, you've been, sounds, you've been super like supportive right from the beginning. Well, it sounds like it's growing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I, I don't want to say it doesn't sound like you don't have an idea. You certainly do. Yeah. But the final formation and the gel of it is really going to be not determined by you in a business plan and right. hand written down it's going to be determined by the families that come in here that's right and and the, the children the students that come in here yeah which is you know I mean that's I mean you're getting the, the buy-in from the families immediately you're getting buy-in from the kids pretty close to immediately I mean there might be a little yeah. bit of a of a transition yeah yeah right um and and i imagine certainly the younger it's easy, easier for the younger ones to start and then, that's uh, actually very true yeah then to go through and uh, it'd be kind of exciting to step back here in probably another 12 and a half years and uh find that first kid that's done the whole <laughs> yeah you know it's actually funny you say that because like there's this moment when the first kids graduate from from the acting schools and some of the other actions have now been around long enough that they're having those moments right. and it's really amazing to see what happens to a kid if they go through this sort of environment their whole school life you know and what kind of kids do you get out of there and it's a, it's I mean reading the stories is really it's one of those things that inspires and keeps you going when you're dealing with a lot of the you know the difficulties one thing I wish the public schools would do and I I, I, I challenge you to do it as you move forward with the Acton Academy is to keep track of your students and your alumni yeah. not like they're roaming out around the, on Ritchie right. Highway or anything like yeah, that right. that too that's, that's important <laughs> but, but what what have they done I yeah. have asked the public schools they, they tout their STEM programs yeah uh, they say it's a great STEM program and everything else um, they've got some testing and stuff like that that they can do but what I want to know as a parent is how many of their STEM graduates went into STEM majors in college, yeah. graduated in STEM majors in college, and are working in STEM careers? Yeah. And what types of careers are private schools are a little bit better on what you know yeah. what our alumni do because they're shaking them down for money every time. Right. You yeah. turn around. Yeah. But you know to be able to turn around and say, and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be say, okay, well they went through this program or that program, but to sit there and say, hey, look, this is our alumni. They they're working on Wall Street uh, today. They're got a, They joined the Peace Corps and they're doing wonderful things all across the world. You know, whatever it may be, yeah. I think it's so important to parents and students as they come in, as they get a little bit older, to sit there and see what the possibilities are as 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 you move forward. Because really, their possibilities are truly endless. Yeah, when you think about what you can and can't do. I mean, you know, I grew up in a thing where like you can or you shouldn't do that yeah and uh you know asking why is it is a great yeah. answer for that but definitely keep track of and and where the successes are and i mean because you're going to find i think you're going to find the people that come out of this the ones that are that are thinking that are creating their own path and everything else are going to continue to do that as they go through college beyond yeah. and you know they're going to be the you know the zuckerbergs and the right yeah i would say musk but he's like he, he's, 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 he's on the outs right now but you know of, of the world yeah uh and and it'd be just a, a great way to look back on this this is going to be a great legacy for you i think it's um you know is your wife involved in it too she as well? is yeah she is Is a, she a teacher no she's a full-time accountant actually for a firm in annapolis and so she's going to be handling all the all the finances for us and so i've swept her into that <laughs> you gotta have finances that's right that's right that's right um and and i'm you know i'm, I'm sure at this point since you're not there tuition hasn't been set but i mean i'm sure it's, it's obviously tuition based it is tuition based i mean and the goal is to be you know um 
accessible to middle-class families, right? And so um, I'm trying to make it as cheap as I possibly can uh, to where your, your common middle-class family, two parents working, it's not that they don't have an opportunity to do it. Because I think some of the private schools are just like, you know, like even for me, Montessori, I remember when my kids were little, it was just like, I had three kids. I was like, I don't know how how you could afford to send three kids to Montessori school based on the tuitions I was seeing. It was just yeah. like, this is crazy. Um, and so, yeah, the, the hope is not to be a thing where only people who are really wealthy can, can access this. Um, I'm also hoping to have some scholarships set up. So it's right, like, right, you know, right. Then you, yeah. then you look for people and money right. and stuff like that to be able yeah. to supplement that as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. which, which is wonderful that you're looking to make it as accessible to everybody and not not crazy, crazy expensive. Right. I know, you know, I'm, I'm divorced. I know I had three kids all in private school at one point. Yeah. And uh, got divorced. Then all of a sudden my wallet was screaming like, no, 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 make a change. And we, we, we slid over to the public school. Um, but it's, uh, this is exciting. Um, do you have any idea where you're looking as far as bit yes, to locate I've, this? I've, I'm, I'm very close. So hopefully I'll, I'll be able to announce a location here in, the, in this month. It's my goal. It's in January. Okay. Um, I'm looking mostly to Vernon Park and Arnold's. It's, it's okay. going to be in that area. There's a few other ones that might be outside of that, but uh, my, my final real targets are Savannah Park and Arnold's. It's going to be that peninsula yeah. coming down from yeah. down on this side of the Severn. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. MarylandCuriosityLab.org. Roman Hardgrave, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.